This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of the Sentinel Fort in Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. No newscast today. Instead, we are joined by journalist Andrew Perez, the senior reporter at Maplight, tracking money and influence. Andrew's got a new piece out uh, in Tarbell and in Maplight. And you're on the show to talk about it today. Welcome. Thank you for having me here again. Always good. Always good to have you on. So, uh, do you remember those days when uh, everyone was begging the Barbasol account to give them the hat? No. You don't? Nope. Well, that's how I got this. <laughs> wow. That's that's amazing. Do you have extras? No. You just got a tweet at the Barbasol account. Actually, let me, let me pull up their account right now. Let me see if there are... Uh, let me see what they're doing here. Do, was do it Barbasol like, Shave? I think it was Barbasol at Barbasol Shave. Do you have to like say something special to them, or do you like tweet no, you the just picture of harass the, them, and they will eventually give you the hat? Just like the pig <laughs> pooping tweet, like <laughs> no, 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 like politely, like give a give me the dang hat, Barbasol. I use yeah. your shaving cream. Give me the hat, you know, stuff like that. Give that, me your I, hat, you cowards. I don't mean like her. Yeah, you could say that. I just you know the pig poop balls might be a little. <laughs> I think that might backfire. Okay, well, I didn't need the hat. Well, it's a good hat, and it's you know it's an internet Easter egg. So yeah, it's hard to get a hat over this like big dumb head. So I I mostly just grow my hair. What longer. Uh, what notch are you on when you're wearing a hat? Usually, I, I don't know. Just just like large. Yeah, <laughs> I've always had to like overlap. I have a fairly small head that I've had to overlap the notches. So yeah. I'm like oh I'm overlapped by like three holes. Oh wow. Okay. No, I never got to do that. You're like you're like hanging on by three holes. Yeah, no one ever told me either. Like when I was a kid, that like my ears were sticking out like Dumbo when I would wear a hat. Either it was really. Do you have a, a bunch of good little league photos of yourself? I think so. Yeah, yeah like playing tennis, yeah, playing baseball, with wearing a hat with your ears sticking out. Oh yeah, plenty. Like every time. So a quick search of tweets shows that the Barbasol hat. Uh, has not really been talked about since 2015. So (laughs) definitely a thing from the Obama era. And I guess there was that whole rise of fascism and everyone forgot about the hat. We went from caring about Barbasol hats to MAGA hats. So that that sucked. Trying to bring back the Barbasol hat. All right, should we do this? Let's do it. Yes. Turns into an extended ad for Barbasol, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, do you guys need sponsors? Like, <laughs> yes. No way does Barbasol sponsor this show, but you can call us. We're open <laughs> to listening. <laughs> All right. Back in 2016, Hillary Clinton's speaking fees were a bit of an issue during the primary uh, and the election. Polls showed that voters were uncomfortable with her getting paid huge sums of money. Uh, for giving speeches to the banks. They saw it as corrosive. I told Wall Street. (laughs) Knock it off. Knock it off. (laughs) And yet, uh, here we are a few years later, and this practice hasn't exactly subsided. And it's not just politicians, but also journalists. Tell us what your recent reporting has uncovered, Andrew. Sure thing. Uh, So 
we went through and reviewed um, a whole bunch of lobbying organizations, like big trade groups that lobby in D.C. We reviewed about 100 of them, and we found a lot of journalists, a lot of retired politicians, a lot of political pundits, commentators, uh, speaking to lobbying groups. And, you know, when you go to their websites, you can see that, you know, sometimes they charge like ten, twenty-five thousand dollars $25,000 per speech. Sometimes it's more along the lines of like forty to 70000 And, uh, you know, one of those uh, higher paid speakers we found is uh, Bob Woodward, the uh, famous investigative reporter from the Washington Post, um, who just uh, had a Trump book out just recently. Do you think that Woodward is such a huge magnet for uh, this type of event because, well, basically he's been like a permanent insider since Watergate. I mean, he has written access-based journalism, uh, thinking of all his books on pretty much every important person in Washington since Nixon. So is in a way, is it just like a huge PR coup just to get – uh, Woodward himself at your event? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I went to um, the America's Health Insurance Plans conference a few weeks ago in Nashville, which is like the top insurance lobby. And sure enough, Bob Woodward was like the featured speaker and everyone was really stoked to have him. You know, I, I think he got pretty, pretty rave reviews despite sounding like kind of garbled and um, <laughs> <laughs> like at, at best. They were hooting and hollering for Bob Woodward. Yeah. Oh, they loved him. And you could, you know, if you look up tweets, there's a lot of a lot of happy health insurance executives who talked about like how this is like a real, you know, just it's so good to see like a civilized conversation about politics. So you know? it, it sounds like he was telling them exactly what they wanted to hear, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I realized my my take after watching him, especially because near the end of the speech, he rambled for like a long time about um, about like Gerald Ford pardoning Nixon and how he realized that, you know, it, like he thought it was corrupt. But then he, you know, finally one day realized that it was about pre preserving the system and allowing Gerald Ford to have <laughs> his own presidency. And you realize that he's like he's not just like an investigative reporter. He's like the investigative reporter for the beltway like they're the audience like the you know the creatures who live in this city are the like the people who he's speaking for and investigating for it's really it's really fascinating and pretty depressing i was just a reporter and then i got handed sack after sack of money <laughs> i have a whole bunch of money in the bank and now i suddenly like the preservation of financial markets <laughs> yeah I mean, in 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 Pistown, someone like Bob Woodward is considered, I guess, a, a celebrity to a lot of the people who'd frequent these industry conferences. Um, but he's, and that's part of his draw. It's like, oh, we've got Bob Woodward at our conference, but he's not there, obviously, to to like necessarily talk about health insurance. He's talking about. He talked about Steve Bannon and Trump's election and where the media might have failed in covering Trump. Uh, he did talk a little bit about health insurance, and we do have a, a clip. And he kind of said it in passing, sort of. Do you want to set it up at all here, or should I just play it and then we'll talk about it after? I, I think you should just play it. Okay. The healthcare industry is, is out there. People have conclusions about problem, And it's, it's become kind of a fan. Oh, let's dump on... Healthcare. Let's dump on the media, but we gotta extract what we can learn from. I think. Is he having a stroke? Sounds like Beto O'Rourke <laughs> talking about his healthcare policy. Bob, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. Um, 
Yeah, you know, and so he's talking to the main health insurance lobby, like the biggest health insurance lobby in D.C. And, um, you know, just a few hours down the road, uh, there was a story published from from Cleveland, Tennessee, by the Washington Post that, like, looked at, you know, exactly how much it sucks to get health care if you're poor and if you've been sick for a long time. Like, it's following all these people who who really ha- have been struggling like to, to access care as they try to as they try to like get help at a temporary clinic. Um, it's it's like it's brutal. And it, it really I don't know. It's just and he shows- has to know that. I mean, Bob Woodward knows this and the way he's talking about it. And the reason why it seems so stilted and weird is because that stuff's running around in his brain. But he's like, oh, wait, I'm at a hip. Uh, let me <laughs> see if I can be as non-offensive as possible and not say anything. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. There's like a competition to like say like what they want to hear, but also maybe not get like yelled at when you come back home. You know, yeah. like you don't you don't want to piss people off like the normals. Yeah. yeah. So Bob uh, claims he gives a lot of this money, uh, all this money, basically to charities or to his alma mater, to educational uh, funds or whatever, but. It seems like he either doesn't realize or doesn't care. And assuming that's true, by the way, I you know I haven't looked through Bob Woodward's financial records and whatever. But assuming that's even true, it seems like he doesn't uh, realize or just doesn't care about the credibility that he himself is lending to these organizations uh, that preserve this disgusting disparity where you see healthcare lobbyists meeting down the road from people who are lining up you know to get basic care and 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 bob woodward is legitimizing this system by legitimizing an organization like ahip and it's nothing to him yeah it's it's you know i'll say he's like far from alone i went to the american hospital association this year and i watched robert costa from the post to do like a special luncheon for like a, a private luncheon specifically for their lobbyists for like the government relations but, officers yeah. here's what i don't get though you, you're reporting you contacted their employers you've contacted the washington post you've contacted nbc news about what their policy is on giving these paid speeches to groups that are politically involved and they're against it they're not allowed to do these sort of things uh, their 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 reporters are not allowed to give these paid speeches. That's what they told you. Yeah, and yet, <clears throat> to, okay. To be fair, what I would say is I think their policy like has some like wiggle room. Like I think, like it, it they basically say you shouldn't. You know, we should try to avoid talking to groups that lobby. They like they explicitly ban talking to groups you cover. But like I think they say like we should avoid. It, um, I, I mean, Robert Costa obviously is covering healthcare battles on Capitol Hill that are of interest to yeah. hospital associations or health insurance. Yeah, yeah, and and Bob Woodward wrote a like I think he wrote a book about the ACA and like Obama uh, the the way the Affordable Care Act and like the the path to passage and like its failures and how it I think I think about how the market failed or the marketplace failed too. And I should note that he also gave a speech to the American Hospital Association in 2013, like probably not that far from when that book came out. I think it's probably a rule that these outlets have to discourage low level reporters, but they're celebrity yeah. journalists. They kind of just let them get away with whatever I, they want. I, I think they probably also have it in place because uh, it's like a carrot they can dangle 
to justify maybe underpaying reporters. Not Bob Woodward. He makes enough money. But a lot of these reporters, uh, they'll leave that there. Be like, well, you can stay in journalism. Hey, look, it's not so bad. You can go to uh, corporate golfing events and tell them that actually dumping sludge you know, in swamps, uh, in wetlands creates jobs or something. <laughs> well, the job's a job. Um, <laughs> there's dignity in all work, I suppose. I, I, I know it doesn't excuse it, but with a guy like Robert Costa, who came from, what, National Review, you, you sort of expect him to be a fucking dirtbag. But yeah. with, with, with Bob Woodward, I think it is, it is worse. He's gotten it, shitty lately, we, Bob, Bob Woodward. But going back to your first answer, Andrew, and two things you said that just make you shake your head and really tell you a lot about this town. You said you reviewed town. you reviewed hundreds of these trade groups. Just the fact that there are hundreds of these from basically every industry has these groups designed to advance their interests in this city and thusly around the country. Um, and the second thing is the speaking fees these people are drawing upwards of $50,000 for someone like Chuck Todd. <laughs> Who's going to pay to get Chuck Todd in front of in front of their interest group? Like what is Chuck Todd it's, offering? It it's a palm it's a kind of yeah, a palm greasing thing I mean, to get the, good good yeah, coverage it, from yeah, Chuck that's Todd. That's ultimately what's going on here is it's the same corrosive influence that people were afraid of with Hillary Clinton is not that she's going to banks to really tell banks what they want to hear although she did to a certain extent. I mean Bob Woodward isn't exactly telling health insurance industries what they want to hear. He's there a celebrity draw, but if he's getting money from these industries, getting lots of money from these industries, that might influence his reporting down the road, and it might influence policies pursued. I I should I should step in like here because I so Chuck Todd and NBC NBC actually is like one of the few outlets that bans apparently it's people from receiving uh, money for speaking engagements. But like I looked up, I just felt like I, I had to check. Chuck Todd's spoken to the American Hospital Association a bunch of times. Like I, I'm guessing he's been paid. Well, so I, I, I mean, you know, they would say that their their employees aren't permitted to, but um, I don't know. I don't know why he shows up there frequently, you know, and like I, I, I found a number of years ago him speaking to some like the National Association of Broadcasters at some Florida like lobbyists office. Like, um, I think it's just like, at least in his case, it just shows like a ridiculous coziness with with corporate interests. And the other thing I'd say is like, you see this shit permeate the coverage like that debate the other night that both Democratic debates, like every single question sounded like it had been written by whatever industry might be affected by like Democratic proposals. Like, the you know, the, the question about like Medicare for all is going to be like, so do you want to kill everyone? Like, do you want to make sure that they don't have private insurance? Is that your goal here? Like, you want to confiscate everyone's guns, right? Everyone's yeah. guns. That's what you want to do. Just say it. Yeah. Like, it, it sounds like, I don't know. I think NBC's idea of like a tough question is like it, it, it's been written by like the health insurance lobby or by like, I don't know, the worst, most reactionary conservative Republican. Like they're, you know, they very fat provoking. They would never consider asking a question like, you know, what are you going to do for the people who are uninsured? That's that's like it's just so anathema to them. Yeah. Yeah. Instead is why are you taking away people's insurance? It is. It is pretty funny, though. And obviously the reason that that Chuck Todd is appearing at these things, uh, 
uh, is for some sort of like <laughs> favorable coverage. But it's just funny trying to imagine him telling them stories, like <laughs> trying to wow the audience by like he was carrying a lunch tray and <laughs> thinking about which Democratic candidate had the biggest gaffe and something and saw like some senator and, and spilled his his orange soda all over himself. His his hospital association appearance was actually I didn't go to it because it was like seven a.m. and that's like no no way sorry for me that's that's a hard pass. Um, and You're not waking up at seven a.m. to see Chuck Todd. No way in hell. And um, the thing the thing is about it, like I think I realized this after because Libby Watson reported on it. I think it was like a separate forty dollar fee you had to pay to be there for the special Chuck Todd breakfast to hear to hear about what Congress is going to do it. Uh, about healthcare, like as if these people don't know, you know, like a few hours later, like the American Hospital Association lobbyist, their top lobbyist was like, oh, yeah, Nancy Pelosi, she's not going to let Medicare for all happen. Like, she's not letting that shit come up for a vote. And yeah, Chuck Todd must have really blown their minds before that. You know, I'll give I'll <laughs> give one read that in Politico. Everyone read that. in Politico. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give one more fun little thing about these trade organizations. Um. I, I got to ride on a plane with them, like both to and from Nashville. Whoa. Like it was like all of their executives. Like I guess we just timed it at the same time. It was a commercial flight, right? A it commercial wasn't, flight. Yeah, you were on some in, like party plane for I the Uber Jet. <laughs> I did not get invited on the uh, Uber Jet, but they. Um, this woman next to me it was like really nice. You know, she as far as like everyone else at this place was unfriendly. She was like the only person who was nice to me, and I'm just like watching her as she's like pulls out legislation and starts marking it up like and i think it was the ron white and like pharmacy bill the drug pricing bill like she's just marking this shit up like these people have a better idea of what happens in washington than literally anyone because they're making it happen yeah. and then these journalists come here and pretend to tell them like you know special insight about what's happening it's incredible <laughs> yeah that's an interesting argument against term limits yeah yeah, these people would have even more power. Than big time, have. big time. Yeah, come to think of it, the only thing I'd I'd pay to hear Chuck Todd say is for him to recite what he tells his barber every time he goes to get a haircut. <laughs> Chuck Todd, I hear what he describes. Like, just I want the straight line over the forehead. I want the Julius Caesar comb forward. <laughs> Yeah. To just fuck my shit up. Make it look <laughs> like someone off. ran over my head with a lawnmower. <laughs> I wonder if Chuck Todd has any stories about him playing like basketball with Obama and like letting Obama like reject layups <laughs> like into his face, like to make Obama feel good about himself. <laughs> oh, wow. Great block, Mr. President. <laughs> uh, last bit, Andrew. Uh, how is Nashville? So, um, I don't want to talk, you know, too badly about a city, but honestly, didn't love it. I, ha I had some good barbecue. Um, it's, it, it like lacks that kind of Southern hospitality feel you find in some other Southern cities. Like, I think they all knew that like I was an imposter, like they all hated me. Um, and like the other thing is like every single building in that, in that city, like takes up like one or two square city blocks like it's it's like it's like meant to be like the dallas of tennessee i think like everything needs to be fucking huge like even the diner i went to was like five stories tall like it was it was weird it's a weird place well you're back you're back <laughs> in uh the confines of piss town it's worse here <laughs> definitely <laughs> andrew perez 
Where can people find you and your work? Uh, I my Twitter definitely handle, not Nashville. Yeah, not Nashville. I don't think I'm invited back either after this. Not now. <laughs> no. Um, but, so my Twitter handle is Andrew Perez DC. And uh, otherwise, my, my work is available at maplight.org. That's M-A-P-L-I-G-H-T.org. And this story is also at tarbell.org. All right. There you have it. Thanks again, Andrew. Thank you. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks to our sponsor, the Congressional Dish Podcast, hosted by Jen Briney. Find it at congressionaldish.com. We're back tomorrow. We're here in D.C., so you don't have to be.